Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened to you. As I said last week, 
this is our encouragement to pray. But more specifically, Jesus asked us to pray the Lord's Prayer. So what I'd like to do tonight and next week is share a few words about this prayer. My name is Hal Brady, and I welcome you to this ministry. As always, I hope you'll be blessed by the Word and the music. Would you hear, please, the reading of God's Word? It comes from Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 7. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you join me now, please, for a word of prayer? O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, which art our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Catholic monk, Thomas Akempis, wrote a meaningful little book a number of years ago, and it was simply called The Imitation of Christ. Next to the Bible, for 500 years, this little book has probably been more influential for Christians in their search for inspiration and guidance than any other. It is reported that Thomas Akempis wrote profusely about the character of God. But then one day, God revealed his amazing grace to him, and Akempis decided that all of his writings were like straw. At that point, he put down his pen, and he never wrote another word. The word for such moments is reverence. The phrase for such moments is, Hallowed be thy name. Now, after the address, Our Father who art in heaven, Several petitions form the basis of a Lord's Prayer. Jesus wants us to pray for several things. Among these things are the coming of the kingdom, God's will be done, our daily bread, our forgiveness as we forgive those who trespass against us, and our deliverance from temptation. But before we can pray these things, Jesus insists that we pray this other thing. Hallowed be thy name. That's what I want us to focus on today. First of all, the word hallowed. When the late comedian Roddy Dangerfield used to do his thing on television, he would always start with these words, I don't get no respect. And we would laugh at him because he didn't get much respect. But the truth is now, most of us feel that we don't get much respect either. As Bishop Richard Wilkie reminds us, in our contemporary society, not much respect is given to anybody or to anything. For instance, the elderly are treated as if they had no contribution to make, as if their wisdom of the past amounts to nothing in today's time. What about our law enforcement officials? What do we call them? We mock them. We call them smokies and bears, and we call them pigs. And then there is the American school system. It's no secret that many teachers have left and are leaving this system because in that system they're confronted constantly with insolence, arrogance, rudeness, and so consequently they're leaving the system. That has been proven over and over and over again. And then there are students. What about how students treat other students? We know that being a bully 
as a significant issue today. Students inflicting pain on other students simply because they can or because the other students are different. And then there is the lack of respect everywhere. But let's take an, an example out of the schools. I remember reading something from Celestine Sibley, one of the Atlanta Constitution's columnists years ago. She described the experience she had when she went into a school system in North Atlanta. It was a private school office. She said she was in the way. The people behind the counter simply ignored her, except when they bumped into her. Evidently, she was in the way. And she said the girl who was behind the counter was far more interested in a long, lanky boy and answering the phone than she was in any business she could possibly have. And she said there was no such thing as yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, only a very disinterested okay. You know what she was talking about? She was talking about a lack of respect, a lack of respect. And what about parents? Sometimes parents are often the problem themselves. Sometimes parents cause the situation to be bad, disrespectful. They undermine authority and criticize people who correct their children. That becomes another sad affair. And then there's disrespect in the home. I remember reading about a little child who one night the parents had guests for dinner, and this little child stood up in the midst of the dinner party and very unbecomingly said, Would somebody please pass the darn salt? This embarrassed the parents, and so she sent the little girl to, to bed with no supper. Later, when they were sitting around talking, these adults, someone had brought a cassette recorder, and they began to record the conversations that they had had, and they were laughing, having a good time. But imagine how they felt when they came across the conversation of a little feminine voice who said, please pass the salt. Would you mind passing the salt? Please pass the salt. Now, admittedly, this is a light story of a very serious problem in our culture today. But beloved, the Word of God stands over against disrespect from cover to cover. The Word of God demands respect. For instance, parents are to be honored by their children. Children are to be cared for and honored by their parents. Children are important. They have a sense of worth and a sense of dignity, and they should be treated that way. And what about husbands and wives? Husbands are to treat their wives, we're told, as Christ treated the church. Wives are to honor and respect their husbands. That's what the Scripture tells us over and over and over. Even the slaves were to treat their masters right, and the masters were to treat their slaves right, as if they were persons of worth, and they were. Still, respect is built into Scripture from cover to cover, cover to cover. Now, Lord Jesus began the Lord's Prayer on a note of warmth. He said, Our Father. He used the intimate word Abba, which means Father, Papa, or Daddy. But any good Jew... Jesus being the same, followed immediately with the awareness of authority. The intimacy of God must always be accompanied by majesty and honor and respect. Thus we come to the word hallowed. The word hallowed is derived from the Greek word hagios, which basically means different or separate. A thing that is hagios holy is different from anything else. So when we start talking about hallowing God's name, we're talking about treating him in terms of his holiness, the holiness of God. Hear me now, intimate, yes. 
Christ comes to live within us. The Holy Spirit lives within us. But this same God stands over against us and others and nations. This same God judges us as to how we live and response to His will. Now, I want to give you an illustration of how serious God is about this holiness. Here was the children of Israel. They were wandering through the wilderness. They were journeying through the wilderness. When suddenly they realized they were perishing of thirst, they began to complain. And so God called Moses to him. And what did he say to Moses? He said, Moses, I want you to take your staff, gather the congregation, and go out before this rock and command the rock to produce water. Well, Moses went out there, but he was irritated and he was angry. So rather than commanding the rock, he took his staff and he hit the rock a couple of times. Well, the point is that Moses was irreverent toward God and it cost him his trip into the promised land. This is what God said to Moses, because you did not trust in me to show my holiness before the eyes of the Israelites, therefore you shall not bring the assembly into the land that I have given them. The point is, by his actions, he was irreverent toward God, and it cost him his trip to the Holy Land. God is holy. But there's something else here we need to get. Jesus prayed, Hallowed be thy name, because Jesus knew that our respect for God is the foundation of all our other respects. Listen, when God is treated as holy, everybody else and everything else is treated as holy. When God is not treated as holy, nothing is treated as holy, and nothing is treated as sacred. So we wonder what's going on in our culture today. We wonder why is human life so cheap today? We wonder why our society has become so impure. We wonder why values don't seem to make any difference to people anymore. The amazing thing is some people have gotten a long way from the holiness of God. I read about an incident that happened in a cemetery. One night, a motorcycle gang came into this seminary and knocked over the tombstones. It caused a lot of desecration in the cemetery. Well, this husband was trying to straighten his wife's tombstone up, and a reporter came, and this man said to the reporter, Isn't anything sacred anymore? As I said, too many people have lost touch with the holiness of God. And then secondly, the word name. If we're going to understand this petition of the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be thy name, we have to understand that the truth is not simply in the word hallowed, it's also in the word name. Name in Hebrew does not mean simply the names we go by, Hal, Mary, Joe, John, Seth, Jane, all of these sort of things. Name in Hebrew means the nature, the character, and the personality of the person insofar as we know that person. Let me use a mundane illustration to make this point. You know the name Rolls-Royce. When Rolls-Royce is mentioned, we think of the finest engineering firm probably in all the world. The reputation of this company is tied up in that word. We're talking about the greatest research possible. We're talking about precision and care in producing these automobiles and these aircraft engines. We're talking about tediousness and caring. We're talking about reliability and dependability. You see, as I said again in Hebrew, Name does not simply mean Hal, Joe, Frank, Mary, all those things. It means the nature, the character of the person as much as we know that person, as much as we know that person. The psalmist says, and I want you to listen to this right here. It's in chapter 9, verse 10, and those who know your name put their trust in you. 
Now, this does not mean simply that because people know that God's name is Jehovah, they're going to trust God. What it means is because the people know what God is like, because they know what his nature is, his character is, they're going to trust in him. They're going to trust in him. Close upon 2,000 years ago, a little child of promise was born. His name was Jesus, and that word means deliverer. That word means deliverer. For you shall call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins. This Jesus was going to have the destiny of revealing God. He was going to reveal God. Donald Coggin, former Archbishop of Canterbury, said, If you want to know what is in the mind of the eternal, what the heart is like, what the will of God is like, then it's revealed in the word. And Jesus of Bethlehem of Nazareth, crucified and risen, it's revealed in the word. Suppose the question would come up, does God love? Naturally, we would say yes, because we've seen Jesus bid the little children come unto him. Does God forgive? That's the question. Surely we know that because we've seen Jesus hanging on a cross praying forgiveness for those who put him there. We know the parable of the prodigal son. We understand that. The late Dr. Clovis Chapel, who was one of the South's most wonderful preachers, he told a story about the first time he went to a Christmas party in the church. He said it was in the downstairs of the church. Everybody was there. He said the tree had all kind of lights and all kind of presents. He said Santa Claus was there prancing around among the people, giving these presents and gifts to everybody. Everybody whose name was called was just so joyful. There was a feeble-minded man there, evidently a hand on somebody's farm. He kept waiting for his name to be called. He was excited, but then he became downcast. Suddenly, Santa Claus picked up the largest present on the tree and called his name. He was so excited, this feeble-minded man, he ran and he grabbed the gift, and meticulously he began to untie the ribbon. He opened it up, but when he opened it up, his anticipation went to a pitiful despair. The box was empty. Somebody had played a trick on the village idiots. Now, there are many stories in life that come up like this, almost the same kind of thing. We very meticulously and carefully open the box. We open it as best we can, but thank God and praise God the box is not empty. The nature and character of God is there in the person, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. How important that is for us to understand. And then one other thing. How do we hallow or honor God's name? How do we do that? When we pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, we're asking God to make his own name revered, to make his own name honored. But there also is a place for us to do some revering as far as God's name is concerned. We are called to do some revering as well. W. Philip Keller, in one of his books, he said, and I think this is what we should pray every morning, Oh God, your reputation is at stake within me today. May I live in such a way as your presence will get proper credit. Because of my behavior, may humankind see you in me, and so honor your name because of it. So how do we honor God? How do we revere God? First of all, we honor God's name by our words. There's a story about a farmer who drove his mules to town. He was late getting back, and his wife said, Why are you so late? He said, Well, while I was there, these, I picked up the minister, and he said, on the way back, those crazy mules couldn't understand a word I said. 
Do you know if people really love their mates, they're not going to throw their names around carelessly or disrespectfully. If we love somebody and we're going to honor somebody, then we're going to be careful with their name. And then we honor God by our worship. We honor God by our worship. Worship is praise. Worship is remembering the salvation story. It's a rehappening. What happened back then happens today in our very midst. And worship is offering. And then we honor God by our witness. Will Camel, that eccentric Baptist preacher that nobody can stereotype, told about being in a ministry with a lady in the hospital in Nashville. She was 35 years old. Her name was Debbie. She was dying of cancer. And after he had visited her for some months, one day she said to him, she claimed to be an atheist, even though she was blaming God for everything. One day she said to him, she said, Reverend, I might just join your church. He said, I don't have a church. She said, no, that's right. You don't have a church. The church has you. The church has you. We honor God by our witness. And then we honor God by honoring what God honors. We honor God by honoring what God honors. Albert E. Day said he'd had three births. The first one was when he was born and his mother looked into his face and said, my child. The second was when he gave his life to God and he heard the father say, you are my son. And he said the third was when he could look at any human being, any daughter or brother or son, and he could say, my brother, my brother. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Praise be thy name through me and through you. Let us pray. Lord, we're grateful again for this wonderful prayer that you have entrusted to us. We are grateful, O oh God, that we can pray this prayer in full confidence that you are with us, that you love us, that you forgive us, and that you call us to your greatest service. Thank you for these who are listening and watching. I pray your blessing upon each one. Meet both at the point of their need. Grant them peace, O oh God, in all things. It's in your name. Amen. Thank you so very much for joining me for this service tonight. I trust that you will continue to be with us. And why don't you tell a friend about these uh, Thursday evenings and also about the web website. Remember, HalBradyMinistries.com. Have a good evening. Good night.
Thank you for listening to Dr. Hal Brady, whose television broadcast is seen weekly in Atlanta on the Atlanta Interfaith Broadcasters Network. Dr. Brady's sermons are also available online, and ministry updates are posted on Facebook. With your help, we are able to share the gospel online and on the air. So please consider a donation to Hal Brady Ministries. Donations can be mailed to Hal Brady Ministries, Inc., Post Office Box 1367, Decatur, Georgia, 30031, or you can give securely online at halbradyministries.com. We are grateful for your prayers and support and hope you'll continue to partner with us. If you have any prayer requests, please be in touch. Thank you.